Hello, everybody. My name is Karen Sims. I'm your host for the podcast, My Cousin Has That, produced by Monash University. And we're talking about future directions in autoimmune disease, treatments and cures. And we have some pretty fabulous guests today. But before I get to our guests, I'll talk to our usual superstar researchers. We have Associate Professor Joshua Louis, and he is going to talk about his work later on as the head of the T-cell therapy group at Monash. And we have Julie Monk, who is a senior clinical trials coordinator, which means she does just about everything that Josh doesn't do in the lab. They're a formidable pair, that is for sure. And we'll come back to them shortly. And we also have Ms. Jenny Long, who is going to talk about her life and her health. And we have Sherman Lim, who is doing a PhD on Sjogren's disease. And that's the disease we're talking about today. I'll spell that for the people at home because it is not easy. It is S-J-O-G-R-E-N apostrophe S with a little umla, the two dots on the O. So don't Google that yet because you'll stop listening to us and we don't want you to do that. But we will proceed. Josh, could you please tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Thanks, Karen. So I run the T-cell therapies group at Monash. And what we do is we try to develop a new cell-based therapy to treat various autoimmune diseases, including Sjogren's. Okay, fantastic. And how long have you been doing that, Josh? Oh, I did my PhD. I finished my PhD in 2009. But I would say I started even before that. I would say I fell in love with research when I did my honours year in 2004. So nearly 20 years now. Oh, wow. Fantastic. And Julie, could you tell us a bit about your work? Uh, so as you mentioned, I help Josh take care of the tasks that we need to do to get these products into a clinical trial. So lots of documentation. Yes, lots of documentation, working out strategies that we can use in strategies, terms of regular tools. Yep. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And getting people oh, to do fade. And that's okay. Brain fades are very common. <laughs> I think everybody has that disease, uh, especially after COVID. And are you managing people as well, getting them to do things on time and properly? Because I know Josh has a very big lab. Yeah, I guess in corporate speak, I don't have any direct reports, but I feel like part of my role is inspiring the team to contribute and move towards this goal. And there's 35 people in that lab, which is pretty big. So that's lots of activity and action. Great. Sherman, can we please hear a little bit about you? Yeah. So I'm from Singapore. Uh I graduated in Singapore Uni with a Bachelor's of Pharmaceutical Engineering. Uh Then I worked two years full-time as a research officer in Singapore. Then I came here to Melbourne to do my PhD, doing studying on Sjogren. Okay. We'll get back to that in a second. And introducing Jenny Long, who is using up her spare day to come and spend some time with us, which is really lovely. Jenny, you have Sjogren's disease. I do, Karen. I was diagnosed about 20 years ago with it. It is mild, so I'm very lucky from that point of view. I had a very good GP when I went to him and said, I've just got dry mouth and for some unknown reason, the soles of my feet ache. Feels as though someone's pushing rocks into them. And he sent me off for blood tests for Sjogren's and lupus and that was it. And the specialist could not believe that a GP picked it up. Well, So I could have gone for years, I think, without 
being undiagnosed. Yeah. 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 And still having those conditions. Yes. Um, and those symptoms, I mean, sorry. Yeah. So you had very, very sore feet. Yeah, it was the oddest thing. Soles of my feet, and as though someone was, it was like torture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it would mainly come at night. I rarely get that now. And that's what I find so odd about the Sjogren's is that the symptoms change rapidly. Or well, not rapidly, but quickly. Quickly, it, so even it, day by day. Yeah. Uh, though it's more monthly. Month by month. Yeah. So you say you have mild symptoms. Yeah. And are they the symptoms you still have? You have dry mouth and yeah, sore have, feet? Yeah, I, have, I can have joint pain and muscle pain. But at the moment, I'm free of that. No idea why. But yep. I don't have that problem at the moment. Uh, fatigue. Mm-hmm. I've really got to watch how much exercise I do. If I overdo it, you can get I just very tired. Dra- yeah, I mm-hmm. drain the battery too mm-hmm. quickly, and it can take some time to get it back up again. Dry mouth, dry nose, dry eyes. The worst pain I've had, I think, is what's this nerve? Uh, try tree. Anyway, there's a nerve that runs from your... Triceratops? No. <laughs> no. Um, tri- down your jawline. Let's call it here. the triceratops until somebody corrects us. Um, um, so trigemin- trigeminal. That's the one. Oh, well done, Julie. And it runs from your ear down to your jawline, and it's like an electric shock. Oh, goodness. Mm-hmm. And I went to a dentist thinking I needed something done. He said, there's nothing wrong with you. Uh, he sent me to a specialist. He said, there's nothing wrong with you but said, you need to go and see a counsellor. Mm-hmm. And I thought, no, I don't think so. So I Googled, you people must hate this doctor Google when we do all of this. Mm, uh, you're allowed to investigate <laughs> your own health. <laughs> you uh, might not be right, but you're, no. you're allowed to investigate your own anyway, health. Anyway, I found this and I went to my GP and said, look at this. He said, that's it. So it is a, you know, Sjogren's brings that on. Yeah, yeah. And that's the worst pain I get, but that might only happen once a year, mm-hmm. twice a year. Mm-hmm. I'll get rashes brain fog and flare-ups are very annoying. Mm-hmm. That they can last for a couple of months or... So um, when you're incapacitated? Well, I'm just very, very tired. Very tired. And it will take a couple of months sometimes to get over it. Right, which is debilitating, isn't it? It and is. depressing. Yeah. yeah. And so the fatigue and pain go together, is that right? Um, no, they no, can be separate. they can be separate. They can be separate. And it can come on for no reason. I think stress might. Mm-hmm. Well, have something to real, do, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. have something to do with it. I think food and alcohol. Mm-hmm. If I stick to a very clean diet, mm-hmm. I think I'm better. Right. That, that's yeah. it. I okay. Thank you so much for that, Josh. Could you tell us a little bit about the scientific side of Sjogren's, please? Sure. So, what happens with autoimmune diseases like Sjogren's is that the immune system starts recognizing those particular glands that cause dryness, and it basically destroys those glands. So that they don't work anymore. So they don't work anymore, so that's, that's right. So dry mouth, some people might think, oh, well, dry mouth, what's that? But it actually has lots of other impacts. Correct, yeah. It's a significant disease. Yeah, so the glands that produce those fluids are basically destroyed by the immune system. Mm-hmm. And we all know the immune system is really geared up or designed to fight off bacteria and viruses and various kinds of pathogens. But in an autoimmune diseases, in an autoimmune disease, those immune cells start destroying different parts of your body. Your own body. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're misreading a message. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So I just have some little words here, thanks to Julie. So many more women than men get Sjogren's disease. The age of onset is normally 30 to 50. Did that fit in with you, Jenny? Uh, I was 50 odd. 
Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Nice birthday present. That was lovely. <laughs> but then again, we don't know when it, that was when it was diagnosed, but yes. did I have it from birth? Did I have it from... Good point. Yeah. Very, very good point. Yes, and of course it can be expensive, can't it? I mean, you don't always know on any one day, will you be able to go to work or go to attend a function or, you know, they're expensive time-consuming diseases, these autoimmune diseases. Well, well, they are, and you can be chasing around different medical advice because you don't know what it's got. Mm. Well, yeah, I know what you mean. It has lots of symptoms that seem yeah. a bit non-specific. Yeah. yeah, and doctors, yeah. you know, don't know what it is. So yeah. they'll just say, oh, look at your showgirls. Well, it might be what may not be. Yes. And yeah. I think COVID was tough because one of the symptoms too is you feel as though you're getting a cold, but you're not. Mm-hmm. So you've got a test for COVID each time over you feel over. this coming yes. on. Yes. And luckily I have not had COVID. You're amazing. Staggering. Yeah, that is staggering. Unless yeah. I have had it and just don't know well, it. Well, that's, yeah, probably think. Yeah. But if you're doing lots of testing, you probably yeah. haven't had it. Yeah. So there's no cure for Sjogren's. Um, there are treatments available to manage symptoms and reduce complications. But Sherman is looking for a cure. Yes. So could you please tell us about your PhD? So currently, we are trying to engineer a T-Rex that's specific for Sjogren and using this T-Rex to be as a cell therapy for Sjogren's syndrome. So can you explain that to someone who never turned up to biology? Oh, so you're trying to engineer the cell, the T-cells, the T-rex. So there's a cell, there's many, many cells in our bodies. Mm-hmm. You're isolating a cell? Yes. Mm-hmm. So we are isolating like T-rex from the patient. Mm-hmm. And from before that, we have to find out like the TCR, the T-cell receptors that's on the cell. Mm-hmm. Engineer this to be specific towards Sjogren and put this back into the patient's T-rex and back to the patient's body. Oh, is that similar to immunotherapy? Yep, it's a type of immunotherapy. Oh, okay. Oh, yay, Karen. (laughs) See, I didn't need to go to science. So you are finding a particular cell to work out what its makeup is. Yes. And how it can fix Sjogren's. Yes. You take it from the patient. Yes. And then you're going to put it back in the patient. Yes. Okay. And have you done that yet? No, not yet. Come on, Sherman. <laughs> <laughs> on the way, on the way. On the way? Yes. And so how many years will your PhD be? Three years. Three years, okay. Yeah. And where are you at the moment? Currently, we found the TCR that's specific to Sjogren. Mm-hmm. And we showed that it's able to be expressed mm-hmm. in the human T-Rex. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's where I'm right. Good, and so you're I'm, on the right path at yes. the moment. Okay. And do you like living in Australia? Yes. That's good. What about Melbourne? Best coffee ever? Yes, Melbourne has the best coffee as Without compared to Singapore. Yeah. Oh, well, mm-hmm. no competition <laughs> there, but <laughs> there are other places that do coffee. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And why did you choose this subject area? Okay. So my mother has children as well mm-hmm. with rheumatoid arthritis. Mm-hmm. So once I knew that the PhD was doing children, mm-hmm. I took it up immediately because mm-hmm. it allows me to study more about it. Because right now in Singapore, there isn't a research group or even the clinical side of things in the hospital doing Sjogren. So, yes. So, hence, I took it out and study more about it and trying to find out, like, is there alternative therapy for them? Right. Yeah. In Australia, yeah. Which, of course, can be translated worldwide. Yes. Yeah, that's fantastic. And how is your mum doing? She's doing fine. Mm-hmm. Just that she's on long-term medications mm-hmm. like immunosuppressants, mm-hmm. eye drops, and salivary substitutes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And she misses you. 
Yes, definitely. Yes, you moved to another country. <laughs> Children are like that. They're terrible. Yeah. And let's talk about who's paying for your PhD. Jenny Long? The, the lovely lady <laughs> yeah. next to you. So, Jenny, you're funding Sherman's PhD. I am. Which makes you a wonderful person because, as you say, your symptoms are mild and maybe they are, you know, it's, it, our own perspective is very interesting. I think you're terrific saying, hey, I've only got mild symptoms, but I'd like to improve the world for everyone, who, including the people who have significant symptoms and have, you know, a great inconvenience to their life. So good job. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Did you ever think you'd be funding someone's PhD? Never in a million years. Mm. No. It's a pretty grand thing you're doing. Um, yeah, I think it came up, my husband got pancreatic cancer and a lot of money goes into research for cancer. And, you know, we did the same. We donated to cancer. And then I don't know why, but it entered my head that, well, Sjogren's nobody knows about. It's very frustrating when you go to your specialist and they can offer you nothing. And I'm not having a go at specialists. No, they not. don't know anything. Mm -hmm. And it's really frustrating. And I thought instead of just getting frustrated, it would be a good idea to actually do something. Mm -hmm. And as I'm not scientifically minded whatsoever, I thought perhaps this is a way I could do something. So I spoke to people and Monash came up as a very good place to start. So I did contact them to see what they did with Sjogren's and that's where it all ended yeah, up. Fantastic. So you're, yeah, you're helping people. And has it helped you psychologically to know that you're doing something positive for yourself and for everyone? Yeah, it does really. Mm. It's... Um, a little bit selfish, I suppose, in a Gosh, way, no, but it, it does make me we just feel... Did a, we just did a big survey in this room and nobody thinks it's selfish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, look, I hope you're very successful, Sherman. I really do, and I, I hope it works. And I think if it doesn't work and I don't get a benefit out of it, the people coming up after me will. I mean, it, for some people, it's just an awful, awful life. Mm, mm. So they're and housebound? That, yeah. Housebound, can't work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. So I think if we can help those people to lead a far better lifestyle, mm, for sure, that would be yeah. a terrific mm -hmm. end to all yeah. of this. And especially as a lot of people who have Sjogren's have another autoimmune disease, yeah. which adds to the complexity yes. and the expense and the, the time yeah. and the energy and all of that. And it affects relationships, oh, affects it, everything. It does. Yeah. 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 Could you talk about your experience with perhaps communicating to neighbours or people in the street? I tend not to. You don't you don't no. let people know? No, yeah. no, mm -hmm. no. Not unless something specific has mm -hmm. come up, but mm -hmm. it's too hard to explain. The word's difficult. Yes, it is. And, well, yeah. People can't spell it, they yes. can't pronounce it. I just find it easier not to talk about okay, it. Okay, yeah. But are you looking after yourself as well? Like, Absolutely. I'm not talking about it, you're helping oh, others, but... No, absolutely. Yeah. I I have an osteo who I go to who is absolutely brilliant mm -hmm. and understands the condition. Mm -hmm. And I feel she keeps me on track in making sure my all my joints mm -hmm. and muscles are ship shape. Working well. Shape. <laughs> yep, yep. That's okay. I think you're very brave and very amazing. Yeah. Julie, you've done a bit of work in autoimmune diseases as a whole. What are some of the interesting points about Sjogren's that you think of? Well, I think it's 
as I was talking to Jenny before we started recording, I had no awareness of Sjogren's and then on learning it was trying to get a good perspective of what that means for someone living with Sjogren's and just reading sort of like a textbook definition, you think, oh, it's just your tear ducts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. You can put eye drops in. But learning more and more that people affected with autoimmune disease, it's not just an organ-specific thing. It's a whole body lived experience. And that's what I've found quite fascinating in learning more about autoimmune diseases. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the whole package. Yeah, yeah and definitely. That, and that we, they're difficult to see, they're difficult to explain. There's a lot of stigma. Mm. People think, oh, you know, she just doesn't want to get up, you know. she's yeah. Yeah. Oh, she's sick again. Yeah. She's, she's whinging about this. Mm. And whinging about. So you tend, yeah. to, you tend not to talk about what you're feeling mm. because exactly. it's just not worth it. Mm. Yeah. But if you have yeah. a broken leg or a cut on your oh. arm, yeah. yeah, those people are given enormous assistance <laughs> because it's visible. You yeah. can see what it is, yeah. That I must be the, quite distressing. I was just going to add... And I don't want to sound like I'm getting on a hobby horse here. The other we love hobby horses. <laughs> Please get on your hobby horse. <laughs> the interesting thing too with autoimmune diseases, when we look at them as a whole, 75% of people with autoimmune diseases are women. Yes. So there's also that lens that we need to take when considering the patient experience and what they've experienced coming through the the whole healthcare chain. Yeah, yeah. The because system, we hear yeah. that, don't we? You know, like someone's got sore joints. Oh, well, you're working very hard, or, you know, I'm extremely tired. Well, you've got two babies. You know, you can always find yeah. an answer, but is it the answer? And with these invisible diseases, mm-hmm. I mean, they're certainly visible to the poor person who's got it, but yeah, women are often fobbed off or it's put down to periods or things, other things, and it's not. Thankfully, your GP was right on the case oh, and knew yeah. of it. Not the dentist, though. Not the dentist, no. <laughs> we'll, we'll call him after the show. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but also, they can't know everything. They can't, yeah. yeah. And this is really quite an uncommon disease, so... Mm. If only yeah, there I were a podcast too about Sjogren's. <laughs> no, you're not harsh at all. But hopefully this podcast on Sjogren's and all the other work that Josh and Sherman and Julie are doing and all the advocacy you're doing will help people know about it and even say to their doctors, could it be Sjogren's or yeah, could it be this yeah, or could it be yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What advice would you give to anyone newly diagnosed with Sjogren's? Don't Google it. Don't find out all the things that can go wrong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's totally depressing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was told, you know, I said, will it shorten my life? And they, no, 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 but you'll be bedridden. I thought, well, that sounds great. That that sounds like a shortened life to me. (laughs) Um, So I decided to ignore that. I think try and find good people around you, good medical people around you, and watch your food, Mm -hmm. exercise, and rest when you need to rest. Yeah. Be your own best advocate. Yeah, you've got to do it yourself. Mm. You really do. Yeah, yeah. I think that's fabulous advice. I think people will benefit from that. Would anybody like to say anything else? I think just going back to Jenny's point about Sjogren's being an uncommon disease, and most of the autoimmune diseases, I think your average person would struggle to name even three or four autoimmune diseases. And we know there are up to 100 different autoimmune diseases. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so especially even specialists, find it difficult to understand the breadth of the yeah. different types of autoimmune diseases. So there needs to be a lot more communication about... Yeah, so things like what we're doing now in, yes. in this podcast, yep. I think it's important to, to get out there to Spread let people the word. know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 
Thanks very much. Sherman, would you like to say anything else? For me, after reading papers, mm-hmm. research papers, and I found out that actually for Strogren, it's been found like it's around 0.2% of the global population, adult population having Strogren, which includes secondary and primary Strogren. Yeah, so even before that, I wouldn't know that it's a autoimmune disease. Mm-hmm. And after getting into it, and I found out that it's actually a huge population that are having the disease and it gave me and encouraged me to continue to find out cure or therapy for them. Mm. So you're saying it's not as rare as you first thought. Yes. Yeah. And also for the people who have it, you know, it doesn't really matter whether it's rare or not. It's mm-hmm. not fun and they would they'd like some well, relief from symptoms and a cure for others yes. coming after them. Yeah, that's terrific. Julie, would you like to say anything else? I was interesting, Jenny, listening. You recommend not looking at Google and going down that rabbit hole of finding out all the things that can happen to you. Because I guess from my perspective, I'm interested in that because I need that to bolster arguments to get funding, (laughs) 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 to get people interested and buy-in. So, yeah, it's always good hearing the patient perspective on these things because I think as researchers, we can go one path that may not be beneficial or what the patient really wants to know or hear. That's interesting. If I get some sort of symptom, I will Google that symptom and see if it's related to Sjogren's. And then I can go to my doctor and say, look, I've got this. It could be this. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll only look at that item. Yeah. Very logical. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Very sensible. Yeah. Sherman, I'm interested in pharmaceutical engineering. Could you please talk a bit about that? So technically, the whole degree, we are taught to know how to make drugs. So there is two... I went to uni with people like that. (laughs) (laughs) So there's two tracks whereby you can choose the one that is doing small molecular drugs, such as like paracetamol, aspirin, like tableting and stuff, Mm -hmm. or you can move on to biologics. So I went on to do biologics, which is on antibody therapy and recombinant proteins. So things like antibody given to patients and making them and trying to find biosimilar antibodies that have the same effect as well. So it's a lot on manufacturing and creations of like cell lines and antibodies or recombinant proteins. Okay, so they target specific molecules. Yes, or Mm. it could be just disease-specific as well. Those are like the new generation of medicines that are coming up. And a lot of them are still in in clinical trials and many haven't yet been approved, but... People are very excited about right. Is that precision medicine? It is like precision medicine. Gosh, yes. you're smart. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I read Google a lot. That's, okay. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. So how do you say it? Biologic therapies. Is that how it's pronounced? Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. And then perhaps we could talk a bit about gene therapies. Gene therapy. So in general, gene therapy is something that we're trying to engineer the gene, doing some manipulation. We can do knockouts or knock-ins of genes to the cell and put this engineered cell back to the patients. Mm-hmm. So replacing faulty genes. Yes. Excellent. Okay, you're doing such a good job. Tell me about stem cell therapies. <laughs> uh, it's a bit different. I'll help, yeah. I'll help share my <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Josh. Stem cells are anti-inflammatory, mm-hmm. right? So it's slightly different from what me and Sherman or Julia are trying to develop. Mm-hmm. Those ones are more, I guess, generic, but they might get into the clinic a bit faster because there's a lot less steps involved in actually manufacturing them or manipulating them. You get one sort of stem cell therapy treatment that's being developed at Monash. It's mm. called, it's long names, human amnion epithelial cells, which you basically get from the amnion sac. Right? Which is where? 
after a mother gives birth, oh. it comes up with gotcha. the placenta. Gotcha. Yeah. So you can get stem cells. You can ha- ha- harvest stem cells that way and you can put it back into patients with inflammatory diseases. Oh, okay. Yeah. Whereas the therapy that Sherman's working on, it's a T-cell therapy and that's found in the blood. So you got to, for the therapy they were trying to develop for Sjogren's, you have to bleed a patient up to 500 mils of blood, mm-hmm. isolate the T-cells that are anti-inflammatory, insert a particular gene into those cells, and then put that cell back into the patient. All so right. it's a lot more involved. Okay. And a lot more regulatory steps that need to yeah. happen. Yeah, I can see lots of mm. clinical trials having to go jump through lots of hoops yep. to get them up and running. Yeah. Okay. Well, the reason why we're using this cells is because it's a very potent sort of therapy and very specific. So you can specifically switch off the T cells, which are inflammatory, that are driving that particular autoimmune disease. Right. Yeah. So when it works, it works really well. Yes, it works in our experimental systems at the moment. So mm-hmm. models of disease, but we, we and other people around the world are trying to get it into uh, patients. People. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And how far away are you from that? We are, we keep saying two years, but we've been saying that for a couple of years now. <laughs> yeah, but it's not just us. I mean, there are lots of companies in Europe and America that are trying to do the same thing. So it's like the great race, really. It's a bit of a race, a bit of a competition, but I think mm-hmm. having that competition is good because it sort of drives innovation and you want and, to... And rigor as well. And rigor, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay, so we're on a roll. Who can talk about small molecule therapies? Julie, you're the one. I'm the one. Small molecules are things like paracetamol, aspirin, so small chemical entities that get manufactured. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't had experience in small molecules. I've had experience in biologics and now cell and gene therapy. I'm reading out your notes, so. (laughs) Oh, are you? (laughs) Really read those thoroughly before Um, we started, didn't I? Okay. So maybe we'll just skip over that. When you worked in the in CSL before, what sort of drugs were you developing? Yeah, we were working on biologics, so monoclonal antibodies, as Sherman described before, which mm. target a specific aspect of the immune system or of another system to switch off a process. That is very clear. Thank you. Okay, this one's going to be really hard to say. Immunomodulatory therapies. What are they? So they're therapies that modulate the immune system. And usually when we say modulate, we mean dampen down mm-hmm. or switch off inflammation. So things like biologics, which are antibodies or regulatory T cells, those are what we mean when we say immunotherapy. Although, sorry, I just thought about it. When we think of oncology, mm-hmm. in that situation, we're actually directing inflammatory responses against a particular tumor. Mm-hmm. So because I've been working in a regulatory T-cell, anti-inflammatory lab, whenever I think of immunotherapy, I think of dampening inflammation. But if I were a, a person doing cancer research, I would straight away think of CAR T-cell therapy or directing inflammatory T-cells towards a, a tumor. Ah, oh, right. Yeah. Okay. So for inflammatory disease, you're... Dampening it down. Dampening down diseases. the inflammation yeah. and the response to the right. disease. But... In oncology, you are... You are inducing inflammation in the tumour. Encouraging, encouraging encouraging inflammation for the cells to then be killed. Correct, yeah. So a lot of the tools that we work with, we borrow from the oncology field in terms of the tools that people use to insert genes into cells. Yeah, so 
oncology field is a bit more advanced mm-hmm. because there's mm-hmm. a great need there and they've got more funding to push yeah. the frontiers of immunotherapy. Mm. But that has fed on to the work that we do in anti-inflammatory research. It's fabulous yeah. to learn from other disciplines, isn't it? That's yeah. really exciting. Oh, good job. Thank you for listening, everybody. It's been our pleasure to talk about lupus and other autoimmune diseases with you. Josh and Julie, thanks for your time. And Jenny and Sherman, you are a formidable duo and we're so grateful for your frankness and knowledge. Thank you.